You turn with me to Mark chapter 3 and verse 27. Mark chapter 3 and verse 27. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us and take, we pray thee, of this divine truth and make it real in each one of our experiences because we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. But no one can go into a strong man's house and ransack his household goods right and left and seize them as plunder unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may thoroughly plunder his house. Spiritual strategy. Do you know anything about it? Strategy has been defined as generalship, the art of so handling forces so as to impose upon the enemy such conditions as are a real advantage to oneself. The greatest strategy is God. He is a strategist who in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated how Satan can be outmaneuvered and defeated time and time and time again. Take up your New Testament and read through the Gospels and learn how the Lord Jesus encountered the devil again and again and beat him right along the line. Think of that encounter in the wilderness then throughout the entire ministry and right into those late hours of his life even to the moments on the cross. He was confronted constantly with the devil. And yet before the Lord Jesus died, he said to his disciples, The prince of this world cometh, and he findeth nothing in me. Right throughout his life, he had conquered the devil. And taking up that great theme, the apostle John in his epistle says this, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy, disintegrate, the works of the devil. I'm asking you, my friend, are you beating the devil all along the line in your life? I want to ask you, my friend, here, in that class in which you operate, in that job in which you function day by day, in that business, are you proving victory over the devil moment by moment? Spiritual strategy. And what's the secret? Our Savior gave us the answer in this wonderful parable in Mark 3, recorded again in the other Gospels, but so vividly just here. And there are three words I want to pick out of this text and apply this morning. Let me put it this way. The strategy as given us by the master strategist was this. Attack. Advance. Appropriate. Attack. Bind the strong man. Advance. Enter his house. Appropriate. Spoil his house. Ransack his house right and left. The attack. Let me point out straight away that the attack is a spiritual operation. Binding the strong man isn't something you can do in the flesh. This is not something carnal, it's spiritual. For the word of God declares the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. 
but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thought that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's a spiritual battle. When you and I are up against the devil, my friend, we're not up against flesh and blood, we're not up against men and women, no, no, no. Paul tells us, for he knew himself, he had fought with beasts at Ephesus. He had confronted the devil in person time and time again. And he could say, we're not ignorant of his strategy, of his devices. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers in high places. Forces of darkness, principalities, the rulers of this world. And so he catalogs them all when he discovers to us the enemy in Ephesians chapter 6. It's a spiritual warfare and it demands spiritual weapons. So first of all, consider in this attack the spiritual weapons of attack. What are the spiritual weapons of attack? I believe that they're given to us in the word of God but they're summed up in a person, even our Lord Jesus. For he who overcame the devil in his lifetime, who conquered him on the cross, who overthrew him in resurrection, is the mighty triumphant son of God, who wants to lead his people and his church into victory after victory over the enemy, here and abroad and everywhere in every area of life. For the son of God was manifested that he might disintegrate, destroy the works of the devil. Now I'm interested as I look into the Bible and discover that so many things are said about our Lord Jesus Christ which in fact constitute our very weapons. There is his precious blood. There is his name. His word. And his spirit. Have you ever studied those in relation to the devil? The precious blood of Christ. His blood. That my friend gives us our standing for warfare against the devil. His blood. Look at that wonderful picture seen by the seer John in the book of the Revelation. Where the devil is overthrown and cast out of heaven. And we read these words. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Because they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. My friend, this morning that precious blood of Christ symbolizes the cross work and the cross work stands for utter defeat over the enemy and all his hordes. Once I have claimed that blood and I become clothed in the righteousness which is mine through that blood, I have the breastplate of righteousness and I have a complete answer for the devil. I'm glad to say this morning that fighting the devil isn't a victory I have to gain, it's a victory I celebrate. Why? Because the victory was once and forever settled at Calvary's cross. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. For when Jesus hung on Calvary's cross, when he cried, it is finished. When he spilt his blood, he answered the devil completely. He answered the devil forever. Here this morning, if a man or a woman knows anything of the application of that blood in their lives, if they know anything of the virtue and value and victory of that blood, then on the ground of redemption, they can conquer the enemy. It gives us our standing. 
If you can't stand on redemption ground, my friend, if to you this morning the word blood is a mere evangelical cliche, if it isn't a power in your life, if you haven't known the cleansing power, the redeeming power, the delivering power, then you've got no answer against the devil. But enter into the meaning of that blood and that cross work, and I tell you at once, you're given vantage point, you're given standing for attacking the enemy, for they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Our standing is on redemption ground. The devil's great attacks against the brethren is always that of accusation and opposition. But because of the blood, the very weapons are thrown out of his hand, as the word means. They overcame him. They threw the weapon out of his hand. They made him inoperative. Why? Because his accusations and oppositions just cannot get through to me if I'm covered neath that precious blood. If I know what it is to take my stand and my ground on redemption ground. It's recorded in history that on one occasion Napoleon, that great warrior and great commander of armies, poured over a map and he looked at a little red spot on that map representing the British Isles and he was heard to say in a pensive meditative mood, were it not for that red spot, I would be conqueror of the world. I fancy that this morning, even as I preach against this enemy of souls, I see him pouring over a map. It's the map of the world, and he points at the central part in our geographical world, and that spot is Calvary, a little spot in Palestine. It's marked red, and he says, but for that spot, I would be conqueror over the world. And even though today he motivates the passions of men and women, even though today the Bible says the world lieth in the lap of the evil one, he isn't finally conqueror, for Calvary spells his complete and utter defeat. The man who knows what it is to use the meaning of that precious blood once shed to enter into all the significance of its deep spiritual symbolism I'm telling you, can know victory over the devil. But not only is there the blood, there is the name. The name, what does the name speak of? If the blood speaks of my standing in warfare against the devil, the name speaks of my sanction in warfare against the devil. For the name speaks of authority. We read that God hath highly exalted him, our beloved Lord, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every man, woman and child on earth, every angel in heaven and every devil in hell will bow at the mention of that mighty name. That name speaks authority, that name speaks sanction, that name speaks power. And here in the presence of Dr. Bob Pierce, I would say he's experienced as many of us who've been on the field of experience that that precious name has still authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I have been brought up in a missionary family I have known the days when my beloved father has used that name for the exorcising of devils. He has named the name of Jesus Christ. He has rebuked the devil and I've seen men and women delivered. It's the same name the apostles used in the early church. I think of the man laying there at the gate beautiful. 
and Peter's words, silver and gold, have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he leapt and walked and sang and gave praises to God. The name. Do you know anything about the use of that name? When you bow your head, my friend, in that Sunday school class, when you bow your head in your devotions, when you bowed your head here this morning, was it mere, was it mere mechanics? Or was it a touching of the scepter of the throne of the universe? Was it naming the name of authority which gave you sanction to rebuke the devil here this morning in your life and in every situation and to send him out? Did you know what it was to name that name and to know the power of God descend upon your life? I can move out into the streets here this morning and I could lay my hand arrestingly on your shoulder and say I arrest you. You could look around into my face and return the compliment. But if I were to come out dressed in a uniform and my language was this, in the name of the President of the United States and his government, I arrest you. You could do nothing about it without a penalty. Why? I've named the name of sanction. I've named the name of authority. And the name of Jesus spells absolute defeat to the devil and all his hordes. Yes, the blood, my standing for warfare. Yes, the name, my sanction for warfare against the devil. Yes, the spirit, his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, my strength for warfare against the devil. I love that word in Isaiah 59, when the enemy shall come in as a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. A standard against him. What was that standard? Why in the vivid language of Isaiah, that standard was the ensign of a victorious army. And any soldier knows that to see the flag still flying is to put fight into him. As long as that flag is flying, he'll move with renewed strength into battle for the overthrow of the enemy. Thank God the ministry of the Spirit within me is to strengthen me, to see beyond all the chaos and all the filth and wickedness and sin and outrage on humanity that the unfurled flag of the cross is still flying. Jesus is still on the throne. He's not a defeated Christ. He's an enthroned, glorious Christ. God is on the throne. The world hasn't gone amok. He still has things in his control. And the flag is still flying. And the ministry of the Spirit is to strengthen me by pointing my eyes off to the symbol of absolute victory, even our Lord Jesus Christ and his cross. Do you know anything about the Holy Spirit's mighty strengthening in your life? Do you know what it is, my friend, to face a situation in your own local church, it may be, or in your home or in your business, which keeps you absolutely paralyzed and defeated? But you bow in prayer and you remind God of the precious blood. You remind God of the mighty authoritative name. You remind God of the strengthening spirit. And you take unto you these weapons of your warfare which are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The blood. The name. The spirit. The word. The word. Yes says the aged apostle John as he writes to his converts, I write unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the evil one. And Paul writes again to the Ephesians having disclosed to us the enemy of our souls and he says take unto you the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Yes his blood, his name, his spirit, his word 
And if the blood is our standing for warfare, and if the name is our sanction for warfare, and if the spirit is our strength for warfare, here is our sword for warfare, even the word. You know how it is, you can wield this word and it become powerful. Watch the Savior in the wilderness. He's been carried up by the Holy Spirit to be tested and tempted of the devil. And he confronts the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he's meditating upon that wonderful book in the Old Testament we know as Deuteronomy. His mind is full of it. He's fed his soul on it. It's become to him his very life. It's become to him his very weapon. It's become to him his very sword. And the devil attacks him along the line of the body and out comes the sword. It is written. And the devil attacks him along the line of the soul and out comes the sword. It is written. The devil attacks him along the line of the spirit and out comes the sword. It is written. And the devil leaveth him for a season. He discomforted the foe by the weapons of his warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Yes, said Jesus, if you're knowing spiritual strategy, the first thing is attack, attack. And here are the weapons of our attack. But the way, the way we attack is also taught us in the word of God. Not only have we here the weapons of our attack, but the way of attack, the method of attack. And for that we go to the brother of our Lord Jesus, even James, and he puts it in these words, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I'm binding the strong man. How am I to do it? There are two movements. Upward reliance. Submit yourselves unto God. Outward resistance. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. What do I mean by upward reliance? This is what I mean, my friend. That's a very interesting word. Submit yourselves unto God. Subject yourselves unto God. It's a military term and has been translated very vividly thus. Present arms. Present arms. Your president of the United States never goes anywhere of any importance without inspecting a guard of honor. It's a tradition that comes from war days where every officer commanding inspects his soldiers to see that the weapons they're carrying are authorized. And when they're asked to present arms, it's to inspect those weapons, to discover that they are government weapons. They're the weapons authorized for the overthrow of the enemy. And here, James tells us that we're to present our arms. We come to God because we've been faced with a situation. It may be a squabble in a church. It may be an irreconcilable problem in the home. It may be a business concern. And we know that Satan is behind this. He's about to wreck God's work. He's about to bring the testimony of the Lord into the ground. What am I to do? What am I to do? To try gossip? No. To try politics? No. To try bribery? No. To try backbiting? No. To try all the various things that produce the cliches and factions and all the rest of it in the church of Jesus Christ today? No. A thousand times no. I'm to lay down all those carnal weapons at the cross. I'm to count them as dead. I'm to crucify them. I'm to recognize them no more. Not the weapons which are carnal, but the weapons which are spiritual. And I come to God and I say, here are my arms. His blood. His name. His spirit. His word. These are my weapons. 
These are my weapons in one word, your son. The Lord Jesus, for it's his blood. The Lord Jesus, his name. The Lord Jesus, his spirit. The Lord Jesus, his word. And he was manifested to disintegrate the works of the devil. Father, Father, I'm confronted with a situation in which the devil is about to destroy thy work, to spoil it, to cause schism and faction. Lord, Lord, wilt thou triumph in this? I'm counting upon you, you implicitly, not upon my eloquence, not upon my personality, not upon my words, not upon my so-called graciousness, not upon my logic, but upon you, Lord Jesus. You're the answer to this. I count upon you to do in me and through me what I can't achieve of myself. Upward reliance. Upward reliance. And then outward resistance. Resist the devil. In his blood. In his name. In his spirit. In his word. I rebuke and I resist the devil. And if God's word means anything, if God's word means anything at all, then the promise is true. He will flee from you. He will flee from you. Or in the language of our parable here, you've bound the strong man. You've attacked. You're ready now for the next word. Having attacked, the next word is advance. Having bound the strong man, the next word is enter the house. Advance. And you see the trouble with so many of you young people and older ones here this morning is this, that if you've ever learned the strategy thus far of attack, You've never gone any further. Having got down on your knees and declared that you're not depending on carnal weapons as the world uses here, not on the various mechanisms and promotion theories that are used all over this country and especially in Christian circles. You're relying entirely on the weapons which are spiritual for dealing with this situation and having relied on God and resisted the devil so often you just leave it there. But the word says no, now advance, enter the house. Enter the house. What does this mean? What does entering the house mean? It means, first of all, realizing the victory by faith in your own life. Yes, faith is the victory you were singing just now, but I wonder how true that is in experience. This is the victory which overcometh the world, even our faith. And remember, the world is motivated by the devil. For the whole world lieth in the evil one, says the Apostle John. But in that same epistle he says this, This is the victory which overcometh the world, even our faith. What faith? The faith that relies upon this mighty Son of God, who was manifested to disintegrate the works of the devil. The faith that relies upon the blood, the name, the word, the spirit. Faith is the victory. And with confidence you enter that area. So many of you run away from it. So many of you vacillate in facing an issue. So many of you are afraid of looking into people's faces and you don't realize that what you've got to be afraid of are the spiritual forces behind and those you should have conquered on your knees. Enter the house. Don't dodge the issue. Get to the situation. Get to the heart of the problem. Get to grip through the situation by faith. Take the victory and enter in. And then what? Having realized the victory by faith, then relate the victory by works. Yes, relate the victory by works. And that may involve a confession. That may involve a restitution. That may involve instruction. That may involve repentance. That may involve anything. But relate the victory. You've won on your knees. Now to the situation in question. See that brother. 
See that system. Enter that situation. Cope with it. And if it's across the seas, if we're thinking in terms of missionary strategy, my friend, as we kneel here as a church at prayer, and we hear of a situation miles and miles and thousands of miles away, thank God by spirit projection and by faith, we can deal with governments, we can deal with missionaries, we can deal with situations on the field in a way that no man or no government can ever do if we only know that faith is the victory. Having accepted the victory by faith on our knees, then related by works, by doing what we believe is the right thing in this situation or that, and that should happen in every local church. Yes, advance, enter the house, enter the house. I wonder how many of you here know very well that there are problem spots in your business, problem pockets in your home, problem situations in your church, and you're related to that, you're related to that. And up until now, you've done nothing about it. You've merely left it to prayer. Do you know that that's a vote of no confidence in God? Do you know that you've canceled out your prayer as hot air? Do you know that your prayer has never gone as high as the ceiling? If you have really defeated the devil, if you have really used the weapons of warfare which are not carnal and you've completely defeated the devil, now you should enter by faith into that situation. You should enter that house. You should enter that situation and relate the victory you've gained on your knees. And is that all? No, said Jesus. There's one more thing, and it's a very blessed thing. Attack! Advance! Thirdly, appropriate. Spoil the house. Plunder the goods. This means two things. It means, first of all, the con confiscation of the goods. And I'm telling you, my friend, there is no victory of this kind which hasn't its temptations from which you can learn. There is no victory of this kind which hasn't its discipline from which you can learn. There is no victory of this kind which hasn't its blessing that you can learn. It may lead to the salvation of a soul. It may mean the restoration of a backslider. It may mean the consecration of a believer. Whatever it means, there's spoils that you can appropriate to yourself, that you can confiscate out of the hands of the devil. He's robbing you of it. He's robbing of you. He's telling you that you're going to be embarrassed. He's telling you that it's going to cost you everything. He's telling you a lot of lies. If only you knew that once you've gone through with God and you've outmaneuvered the devil, the spoil is sweet. It's wonderful. It's enriching. It's something you can't do without if you're going to be a Christian who knows victory day by day. This is the spoil. Jesus said, take it to yourself. Enter into the joy of it. Experience it. Enter into the thrill of it. Don't let the devil rob you of it confiscated out of his very house but having confiscated listen having confiscated the spoil there's one other thing you're to do with it you're to dedicate it you're to dedicate it as we were seeing last Sunday morning dedicate it all that he has given you bring back to him and say precious Lord for the temptations of this week for the discipline of this week for the blessing of this week for the victories of this week for situations I've seen solved, for problems I've seen turned upside down, for lives I've seen transformed, for souls saved, for backsliders restored, for lives consecrated, I give thee thanks, dear Lord, and bring it back to thee in dedication. Here they are, Lord Jesus. The end of this week, take them. They're yours. They're yours. I want you to have them, for you've given me the victory. Spiritual strategy. Isn't that a thrilling life? Isn't it a wonderful life?
Think of it. Attack. Advance. Appropriate. And it all can be done by the power of this indwelling Christ. No wonder we sometimes sing on the victory side. On the victory side. With Christ within. The fight we'll win. On the victory side. Do you know that victory in your life my friend? If you don't. Will you come to submission to this sovereign Christ in your life and know his blood, his word, his spirit, his name, mighty in your life? Let us bow together in prayer. Do you know anything about his blood, his name? Do you know anything about his spirit and his word? Is Jesus living again in you? Is he triumphing in you? Is that mind and heart and will of yours utterly yielded to his sovereignty? If not, will you make him Lord here this morning? Will you repeat these words and mean them as your prayer for your life? Jesus Christ is Lord, is Lord. Dear Lord, answer that prayer in many lives and glorify thy name in victory, not only in individual lives, but in corporate life, in churches represented by the hearing of today. For thy dear name's sake, amen. This is David Olford. You have been listening to a message from God's Word delivered by my late father, Dr. Stephen F. Olford, who went to be with the Lord in the year 2004. If you wish to learn about our online resources or learning events at the Institute for Biblical Preaching, our web address is olford.org. That's O-L-F-O-R-D dot org. You also may want to benefit from our online video training on expository preaching, which can also be found on our website. Thank you so much for listening.